the banking industry is undergoing a radical shift, one driven by new competition from fintechs, changing business models, mounting regulation, and compliance pressures. I'm your host, Swapnil Deshmukh, and you're listening to Digital Banking Trends in Asia-Pacific by Terminos. In this podcast, we will speak to industry experts and practitioners to help banks chart a clear path forward to attend digital transformation. In the previous episode, I spoke with Mr. Tu of Saigon Hanoi Bank in Vietnam, and we discussed operationalizing digital change. Today, we will talk about one of the most hotly debated areas in the banking industry, build versus buy or both. At Terminos, we have the products and frameworks to support all three options. We believe in empowering the banks through the right tools to achieve their business objectives. But today is not about Terminos. It's about you, our listeners, and giving you unbiased views and insights from one of the most distinguished leaders in the banking industry, Mr. Arivuvel Ramu. Ramu is the CTO of Tonic Bank. Tonic is Philippines' first neobank to secure a digital bank license from the regulator. Their vision is to revolutionize the way money works in Southeast Asia. Ramu and I go a long way. We've worked together for several years. In fact, I remember first meeting him at a cafe near Singh Post office in Paya Since then, he's come a long way to successfully develop and launch Tonic Bank. It's an absolute delight to have you in the podcast, Ramu. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your journey so far. Thank you, Swapnal. Good morning. Good afternoon to all. Great to meet you guys uh, virtually today. Yeah, Swapnil rightly said. Yeah, Swapnil is an awesome storyteller. And yeah, the, the story starts in uh, 2011, where we have two dozen of banks. We both uh, did a huge transformation when people, they don't know what this digital bank, what this. So we used to sell mobile banking. We used to sell uh, an implement omni-channel. So uh, that is how we, we work together, where you used to tell the story of use cases and new innovative idea. I used to implement those. That's yeah. how our story goes back. Thank you, Swapnil. I know I'm great to share that I have with you today virtually. Coming back to me as in Ramu, yeah, we had an amazing dream in you know, 2018 to launch a new bank across Southeast Asia along with the like-minded people. We started uh, Tonic as a brand based out of Singapore. And yeah, we reached out to almost all the regulators, uh, first regulators in Philippines. They opened up to us in 2019, we got the license. And within 11 months, which is November 2020, we launched our first new bank in Philippines. And so far, about 18 months, we are in banking operation. So which means we built a completely, you know, greenfield new bank, which is completely virtual, running in multi-cloud. And uh, yeah. That there is a build versus buy story as well inside. And today we've grown up to billion dollar valuation company. Congratulations on that. Thank you, Swapnil. So that's the success of Neobank and privately owned uh, retail Neobank in Philippines today. Fantastic. Ramu, thanks for that introduction. Now, you know, there's a group of banks who just want to focus on their business of delivering financial services to customers. They seem to prefer to buy banking software. And then there's another group of banks, the likes of Santander, ING, DBSs of the world, 
who in their own words want to be tech companies with a banking license they seem to prefer to build their own software and that brings me to our first question of the day what do you think are the organization goals and motivations in making this decision of build versus buy when it comes to banking software fantastic question so you know, the the problem is little different when you look at today atlas southeast asian market we have uh, three type of banking or financial industries today small medium and large within this there is a green field new bank like us one type of category where introducing modern financial service experience and complete giving them all the cutting edge technology has been used to build a new product innovation and experience second type of financial organization have a big balance sheet which they can build by anything eventually they want to control the market and give a greater experience as like dbs are standard chartered of the world or union bank in philippines so this is the second type of they have a big money where they can do things a third the smaller medium enterprises where they struggle to get into digital transformation where they have to satisfy the customer and bring the new innovative product this type of organization on the hand there is new business and new customer segment which if you look at south station market the new market coming up is mass affluent emerging affluent which means the middle class income increasing and the first generation of youths coming out of college and getting into job and started earning they are looking at digital experience they are digitally savvy so this is a huge um when you look at uh, philippines average age of 24 years young people and that's the mass population their experience and financial service need is little different so the demand goes with women empowerment and financial inclusion and uh, which mainly said mass affluent emerging affluent which pushes uh, product innovation and new user experience in a contextual seamless user experience to compete in the market so now coming back what the mistakes are happening in organizations are yeah everybody running behind digital transformation story but the big organization even today some of them implemented digital transformation so for me when you say digital transformation it has to be end to end that is where the partner ecosystem need to be integrated where the buy or partner or make decisions come into the picture Thanks for that Ramo I think and your particular comment about the need for digital transformation to be end to end not just on the front end I think that'll resonate with listeners of our first episode wherein Mr Tu also spoke about the need for but current lack of upgrading core ground up by the different banks So I'll get to my next question then and Ramo keen to get your views what do you think is the importance and influence of competition and compliance in this build versus buy decision there are two angle to it when you go for a build versus buy one is the business perspective another one is the technology perspective let me start with the technology perspective so any technology solutions in a financial industry when we look at it the non functional requirements are very very critical in line with the technical risk management and compliance perspective is the application scalable secure extendable and is this integratable with multiple payment rails is it integratable with 
different partner ecosystem, which is less customization and more configuration driven, easy to manage. And anything, you know, quick go to market. How soon you can launch the new capability in that platform. This is the technology look at it. When you look at from the business perspective, for example, bringing new innovation, it's, it's the user experience level, product innovations, or even capability and operational innovations. So oh, complete process re-engineering. For example, from compliant perspective, a simple thing is an EKYC. How you can bring automated self-onboarding of consumer versus assisted onboarding. And in, even in Tonic, we did a three type of onboarding. You know, less than three minutes, you can onboard yourself. You have extra two minutes, you can onboard to the next level of standard KYC, BK, basic KYC to standard KYC, standard KYC, another five more minutes, speak over video call to us, wow. and you get full KYC, which each KYC have a different limit and flexibility of product offering. So um, how you automate the complete onboarding with respect to regulator approval. Because when you're coming to innovation and automation, it's always you need working closely with regulator and that particular innovation must be approved and authorized by the, the regulator as well, which, is, which means that the process is agreed and approved within the compliance boundaries. So even if you look at new product innovation, which is personalized saving, communal saving, this all today one of the mandatory products, including buy now, pay later. But every innovation has to be vetted by compliance when you are dealing with competition in the market. That's linked to the innovation to the company through right culture, right vision, and with the right team. So bank needs to know what level of speed and what kind of innovation they need to drive through from business perspective the partner need to you know need to deliver through the technology which means the user experience and then of course working with the partners on starting configuration integration testing you know, you, you need a different type of partners and uh, all need to be orchestrated well and executed in an agile manner. And uh, uh, this require multiple sites, whether yeah. few capability need to be built by your own, few capability need to be bought because out of the box with quick go-to-market in nature, provided with all the business and technical constraints we talked about it, and few capabilities we need to be partnered with uh, co-creation and mindset. That's right. Yeah, I like that phrase that you just used, co-creation mindset. And I think I agree here. It's not just about whether you should build or buy. There are certain use cases where you will have to go for a multi-party model in which you build certain things, you buy certain things and work together so you're able to comply and not compromise on security. Makes perfect sense to me, Ramu. So let me take a position here and say that I'm a bank and I have decided to buy, right? To buy software because I'm going to focus on my core business. What do you think are the considerations they should be looking for when the bank decides they have to buy a certain software? What should they look for? This is another interesting question because not one fit for all. See, next line, the bigger bank is where have the multi-billion dollar balance sheet. They can build everything by their own yeah. because they have money. They have time, they have people 
to run. The, the big part here is the medium and large enterprises and a new fintech organization like us who's coming into the market, how they want to strategize and within in a limited time and cost efficiency. Because most of the transformation, the thing is how quickly you want to go to market. That's decide. The speed decides the kind of transformation strategy you want to make. For example, there are companies like us, Greenfield Implementation Companies. We did our complete digital engagement layer built by us. We felt the know-how should be within us, which is less duplicatable in the market. So that is one of the reasons some of the company, as a Greenfield guys, we, we do ourselves build the things, provide the time and money and the people and the right innovative culture you have. That's the key part in this, in this journey. And integrate with the digital core and digital ops. When I say digital yeah. core and ops, the whole transformation is not one side. It is starting from customer and front office, middle office and back office. All this integrated. There are a second story. Oh, okay, Ramu, this is heavy lifting. I cannot do this way. The second way is, oh, fine. I'll go for digital engagement uh, layer and digital core. I can buy it from the partner. Yeah. Then remaining things I, I will integrate, uh, you know, uh, with the existing ec ecosystems, part of your transformation. This is third. There are other people, because that will give a quick go to marketing because a uh, market... Yeah. You have a ready-made app built with pre-capabilities and just configure user experience the way you want it. The kind of product features and capability you want to enable it, you can go quick. There is a third level of implementations most of the industry today do. They will not touch your digital core or, I mean, the, their system of records. I don't call it as core. core it's system uh, it's of a system records, of records yeah. and the system of ops. They will keep it as it is. Uh, they just built... The digital front end are the digital channel, mostly apps and webs, just consuming the APIs and integrated and just the digital front end, which were, I said, lipstick in a big mouth earlier. Yeah. This is one of the transformation most of the companies does quickly with uh, lower cost and uh, quick innovation or a quick digital touch point provided to their customer. But th these are the three, and but each one linked to them, the specific cost and uh, that the time bound and the required budget and require motivation level from the management required. That need to be backed up by the top management to that kind of transformation you want to choose. Got it. Yeah. So if I may just summarize for our listeners here on this podcast, if banks want to buy software, some of the things they should consider is with the software they buy, how quickly are they able to go to market? How quickly are they able to integrate into the digital core, digital ops, and use the pre-configured UI, UX that is available from the software. And as much as possible, then you keep your system of records separate without touching that system. So your cost is also lower. And of course, all of this has to be backed by your management. Understand? If we take a different position now, I may be a greenfield bank, as you said, or a small, mid-sized or a large bank, and I've made a decision to build our own software, what would be your advice to them? What should they consider when they build on their own? And I think there's no better person in the industry than you to talk about this because you've done this yourself. So give them your advice. What should they do? So if I'm in the um, CEO show to take the decision, number one, provided today the kind of speed we needed in the digital transformation, less customization, 
it's just more configuration driven that should be the key point you need to because more customization is difficult to upgrade difficult to roll out your regression testing there's a lot of things put you into execution trouble so you need a partner solution which is absolutely more configurable and configure driven rather than customizable number 2 is managed sys with the multi cloud you know today being a, a cloud burst and saas burst the, the whole banking as a service need to be available in a, you know less hassle to bank whether the technology can be hosted managed configurable by the partner and the business can just focus on business function rather than technology um, i should not worry about scalability i should not worry about security i should not worry about patching i should not worry about availability so that is where the invisible infrastructure support with as a managed saas this is second point and the third point i am not looking as a vendor what you have you throw to me no i am looking like expecting my technology partner as a co-creator because today digital innovation is all about digital experience which change the customer needs and demands are change frequently and that means new product and digital services need to be built so for that it's not just bank responsibility or financial institution responsibility it is joint so which means the partner need to quickly change their product roadmap and accommodate that product service rollout quickly you can build in the product upgrade and rollout so you're looking at co-creative mindset within the partner these three is top in my list got it thanks for that ramu so as i hear you even if banks and financial institutions are building on their own they could work with partners while building their own software and they should work with partners or use frameworks and tools which require less customization more configuration driven leverage on av- the available hyperscalers and the managed saas multi cloud solutions that are in the market focus on the business so you don't have to worry about patching security availability and absolutely the the word that i'm walking away with today co-create so co-create with your partners as much as possible in fact ramo i believe the growing influence of hyperscalers and the saas ecosystem it brings good news to small and mid-sized banks who previously did not have the resources to build and scale fast what are your views on this how have hyperscalers and their saas ecosystem impacted the small and mid-sized banks in their ability to develop and roll out new things i would say the technology innovation which bringing hyperscaler saas that's absolutely blessing to the industry today because earlier if i want to roll out specific capability even a specific infrastructure i need to bring in i need to wait for 6 to 8 months just bringing the infrastructure setting up and roll out starting from server mounting it and you know and put the hardening it then put the software on uh, we did and so many you remember yeah. on i i remember in in other countries going with the servers in the you know shipping the servers and people physically signing for it you don't see that anymore yeah, exactly so today it's all about if someone wants to host something it's just matter of a week or month even one yeah. click even you won't see it and feel it so this the invisible infrastructure which is hyperscaled um, multi cloud infrastructure available to scale different level of financial services today that through cloud native 
open API, completely data lake enablement, or artificial intelligence and machine learning to introduce data as a service, or you want to bring best next to action, you know, action offerings and um, automated marketing with omni-channel messaging. If you talk about anything, the infrastructure play a major role with the platform. And the biggest benefit for small and medium today, it's a subscription model. So you don't need to upfront, uh, don't spend too much money. Yeah. It's all you need is go with the minimum commit, play with it and uh, see that works. Then you scale it up. That means your initial investment, I'm talking about both OPEX and CAPEX are going to be very, very minimal which is going to help you to try uh, new things yeah. with a lower cost and quickly test it on the market at all out and see the pulse of customers. So that's that's really a blessing for the financial institutions to do their hyperscaling innovation. Okay, yeah. Our time's almost up, Ramu. And that brings me to my last question for today. What is the one piece of advice that you'd like to give to all the C-level executives listening to this podcast today? Amazing. So digital transformation is unavoidable. If you're not doing it, you cannot survive. What I would suggest, start with something small. Any any type of transformation you do, whether you bring cloud, you bring digital front-end, or you are trying to replace existing capability, or anything, start small and try pilot. I would suggest fail fast. The fail fast is the key thing. If it is success, you scale it up big. If that, is, that particular digital service is not likable by your targeted customer, just drop it and move on. You know, that's one. Second, the, the market is a little tough now. Most of you venture capital back, back to financial institutions should be careful. You're going to get money a little difficult in the VC market. There is a panic on restrictions also for next. It's, we are on the starting stage. I would advise spend your money wisely and ensure you spend with right digital service, right market. And so this is next two to three years that digital transformation is key, but spend it wisely in a targeted mode. Well, remember that listeners, start small, fail fast, learn and go win the world. As a wise person once said, when you fail, you don't start from the scratch, you start with experience. I can't thank you enough for coming on this podcast and sharing your experience with our listeners, Ramo. Thank you for that. Thank you, Swapnil. Thank you, viewers. I hope all the listeners have enjoyed today's podcast. If you are looking to drive digital transformation in your company, please get in touch with your local Terminos experts and we'll be happy to speak with you. We'll be back with another guest for our next podcast very soon. Thank you. You've been listening to Digital Banking Trends in Asia-Pacific podcast by Terminos. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. We'll be back with a brand new episode very soon.